Open your Bibles, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 3. If you're a guest with us, you're joining us on a very wonderful Sunday in the life of our church. We're beginning a series on our, our vision called Beyond, and we want you to be in on that as well. Uh, we had planned uh, to meet tonight for a vision night outside, and uh, now we've moved that to next week, October the 9th, so we'll not meet tonight for that, but next week. So please, I don't know what your plans were next week, but if you can, make them to where you're here with us at 6 o'clock next Sunday night. We, we really would be blessed because we're going to have wonderful fellowship and encouragement as we talk about what God has given us to do. So let me tell you where we're going this morning, because uh, it's a little different. Uh, I'm going to do some exposition from God's Word. That's normal. Uh, but you're going to see an eight-minute video that helps to describe a little bit about Beyond. Some of our leaders have been in meetings learning about Beyond so they can answer questions and be good ambassadors of this, uh, of this initiative. Um, but now we're going to get into the meat of it. Um, at the end of the video, I'm going to come up, I'm going to give you some material. You're going to get a booklet and a card, and I'll describe uh, those for you and then explain what you used uh, those for. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to make some application to the exposition, the message, and some action steps that I, I hope we all will take. So that's kind of the rhythm, all right? So exposition, video, um, and then some a- action steps after that. Uh, if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 3, that's where Brian read, will be in verse 20. I want to read that again. Um, let's read beginning in verse 20 down to verse 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. The church says, Amen. Amen. Join me in a word of prayer. Father, I'm grateful for this text, this doxology of praise. I ask, Father, that you help us as we understand better what your word tells us so that we might bring you glory and in the end, Lord, do what you have. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to call some action steps, call you to make some move toward God. And some of you today may not have been saved. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior yet. Today could be that day for you. And at the end of this message, I'm going to ask No matter where you are in your spiritual journey to make a step towards God, but if you're not saved, this could be the day that you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior and are sure of your salvation. I want to talk about beyond. What is beyond? You've heard a little bit about it if you're part of our church, but what is beyond? Well, beyond simply is the title we've given to the vision of fulfilling the mission Jesus left with us to make disciples. It's uh, the title we've given to the vision that God's given to us to fulfill the mission Jesus left with us to make disciples. We don't have to get together a committee to discuss a mission statement for our church. We are on mission with other churches that are making disciples, teaching them to observe all that Jesus taught us, and so therefore we have a mission. But we do want to fulfill that mission. Hibernia is a church who loves Jesus and want others to know him. That's the why behind beyond. The shirt has a why on it, and I asked Jerry, who designed it, um, has the why there for a reason, but I think God gave it to us. The why behind beyond is so that others may know him, and that's what the shirt says. We want Christians 
believers, disciples, to know him more intimately and deeply, to grow in their discipleship and maturity, and people who've never heard the name of Jesus, they come to know him. That's what Beyond's about. So Beyond's not a program, it's not a capital campaign, certainly not a fundraising initiative. It's a discipleship initiative, our vision, to fulfill the mission God's given us. That's what we get to talk about today, next week, and for the coming weeks, because it's just more than we can talk about in one Sunday. In your Bible, Ephesians chapter 3, Paul is concluding a prayer. It's a prayer that begins in verse 14, and it's a prayer that I prayed over the church this morning, and I prayed over my family. It's a special prayer. At the end of this prayer, Paul goes into a doxology, praise to God. A doxology means glory ascribed in speech, something that you actually say. We sing a song entitled the doxology at the end of our communion services. That song written in the 1600s is basically a spoken or sung aloud praise to God. Well, that's what Ephesians 3.20 is. And I want you to notice the first part of this passage. Look at the first part of this passage because it would be good, I think, in your Bible, just to circle those first three words. Now to Him. Now to Him. Our first point this morning is to understand the beyond vision must be about Him. It must be about Him. Our focus must be on Him. This is what Paul does when he prays and he brings glory to God. And this is a praise prayer that ascribes glory to God, but also adoration, love for God, aimed at God. Very important because if you read this passage, you will see how that God's promised to do more than we could ask or could even think. And that's something to grab onto because immediately you might begin thinking, I know what I want to ask God for or what I've been asking God for. And this is wonderful news that he'll do absolutely beyond that. But we don't start there. It's where our eyes go, where our eyes go, but be careful. Because our eyes don't need to look over, it is to him. That this is a focused prayer aimed at the heart of God that magnifies his power and his ability. Therefore, whatever he does ought to be for him and for his glory. Beyond's about that. This is a, this is a prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. And one of the reasons he did is because of what the Ephesians were experiencing. Some of you today will relate to what some of the Ephesians in the first century were going through. For instance, the Ephesians were going through difficult outward circumstances so that Paul has to tell them, don't lose heart. What does it mean to lose heart? To be discouraged? To lose strength. It's why Paul prays that they would be strengthened in their inner man or in their heart. He tells them before he prays, hey guys, don't lose heart. They had some difficult outward circumstances. They also had great changes in their life. Great changes because of where they were now in Christ. Things had changed radically for most of these believers at the church at Ephesus, and some of you can relate to this. Some of you have experienced over the last year or two or three radical changes in your life. 
I mean, maybe it was a diagnosis and an illness now that you're living with or a situation that you're dealing with that you really don't even like to bring up because you can't do it without your chin quivering and your eyes tearing up. It's you're single now and you weren't. And now you're going through challenges. Maybe it's a new career. Maybe it's changes in your life. You live here in Florida and you never dreamed of living in Florida, but your job brought you here or other circumstances brought you here. You know what it's like to have those type of things go on. For them, it was also a very devilish time. What I mean by that is Paul has to warn the church at Ephesus that they are being bombarded by the arrows of the devil. So while they're going through all the challenges and changes of life, the devil comes alongside and is attacking them at the same time. So Paul says, you got to put on the whole armor of God if you're going to stand against this wily foe. He tells them, too, that you live in chapter 5, you live in an evil day. Anybody relate to living in an evil day? Has anyone lately said to you, wow, things sure are weird. Things are different. Wonder what's going on. We're not the first people to experience an evil day. This is a group of people who are experiencing devilish attacks, terrible circumstances, and living in an evil day. They live in a community that is dominated by worship of Diana. So therefore, all their festivals and their food and their activities and education center around a false religion. Imagine being a Christian and raising your kids up in that environment. And so Paul says, I want you to know this. You have a God who can do abundantly above all you could even ask or could even think. So don't, don't lose strength in all of this. Don't lose heart. I remember um, when we were meeting early on as a church, and we were talking about this as a staff, about, about two weeks ago, some of the best times we had and best times we've had in church seem to come at the strangest times. And maybe it's just me, and maybe I'm the only one, but, but there were times when just Things had to be changed. We had to, we had to go in a different direction. We thought we were going one way, and God said, nope, you're going this way. Those were good times. They were sometimes big plans, sometimes small plans. Could have been as a little thing as we're meeting in elementary school. You can no longer use this room anymore. Okay, what are you going to do? So Sunday, we're going to move you to another room. Those were great days. We were not the average Baptist church, I can tell you. You try to move somebody's room in the average Baptist church, and they're going to boot you down the road. It was, we, were changing, we changed times this morning. I don't know if y'all know that or not, 920. <laughs> and so I asked an early service, was that easy or hard? It was easy, right? And I heard, no. And I remember in those early days, we would have to change times like all the time just to, just to navigate meeting in somebody else's space. And there were times where um, I would open up the Bible and things would happen in, in that school. Tom, you'll remember this. We had no control of the air conditioning. Sometimes it'd be so cold you would turn blue. Sometimes we'd have no air conditioning at all. There was one time I said, open your Bibles up. And about that time I said, open your Bibles up to preach. A big lightning strike somewhere, thunder, and then the, the, the fire alarm goes off. And there's strobe lights going on. And so it's like a disco. Like, I've never been in a disco, but I'm guessing this is a disco. And, and then this loud horns to where it was so loud, all I could say was, see you next week. Everybody left. We got an early brunch, came back the next week. 
And there were just times where those were fun, fun times. We, were, we planned for this week, this night, you know, and now we have different plans because Ian came. But you know what? God's able to abundantly do more than we could ever think, regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves in. And that's what I want to say. Then in all those times where we were faced challenges, God did abundantly above what we could ever ask or could think. So this prayer is focused on God's ability. God is utterly dependable. His character is such that it is, it's impossible for him to lie. He cannot make a mistake because he's so wise. He loves us so much. His love for us is so wide and so deep that he never has an ulterior motive. He's incredible. And he's the one we're to focus on. If you were to ask, what is beyond about? It's about him. And others coming to know him. That's what it's about. When someone asks you, tell them. It's about him. Not only is it about him, and we should focus on him, our faith, our faith must be in him. Now, look at the text again. Now to him. Now to him. Next phrase. Who is able? Everyone say able. What can he do? I want to say he can do anything, but he can do more than anything. That's the, that's the expression here. I can do nothing without him, Jesus told me. Paul said we can do all things through him. In him, we can do everything he empowers us to do and more than we could ever imagine. So next, see this. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly. That phrase, far more abundantly, means in excess. The esteemed Harold Honer, who is a Greek expert, said this. You could literally translate this. He can do beyond everything. That's pretty awesome. Have you ever heard someone say, wow, you thought of everything? When you've thought of everything, He can do beyond that. God can do beyond. That's where the beyond comes from. God being able to do beyond anything that we could think. Honer went on to say, this could be translated, and quote, this is what it could be translated as, God is able to do beyond everything, very far in excess of that which we ask or could even think. In other words, His ability far surpasses not only what we verbalized in our prayer, but also beyond our wildest imaginations. Earlier, Paul had prayed that the Ephesian church would be strengthened with power through the Spirit, and now Paul gives praise for that power. So beyond must be about him. Secondly, uh, beyond must belong to him. Like, beyond is not ours. It's God's. So here, here's what I mean by that. Whenever it is we begin praying our vision, God, this is the vision we believe you've given us, there's an end in mind. There's an end in mind. So what is the end? Well, ultimately, the end is that God himself would be glorified. What do you mean by that, Yurka? I mean that when we do what we believe God's called us to do, that people who are our neighbors and friends literally say, y'all did what? That must have been God. You did what? That must have been God. Do you think people ever say that? 
Oh, I know one man in particular that has said that to me who got saved not too long ago who said, your church did what? This is the goal of beyond. It is to do what God calls us to, but trust him to do beyond what we're able to do ourselves in order that he receives the glory. I was reading this story in a devotion. Maybe this will illustrate it. I was reading this story in a devotion about uh, a little boy whose mom was telling the story about her little boy. She's teaching him how to pray. They're at a restaurant. And he says to his mama, can, can I pray? She says, sure. He's a little boy, doesn't know how to pray that well, but he's really loud. So he prays with no shame. Dear God, make us grateful for this food. And if mama orders ice cream for dessert, I'll even be more grateful. <laughs> and justice and liberty for all, Amen. And uh, the mama tells the story how the entire restaurant just erupted in laughter at this prayer. They could hear, people all could hear it, except for one lady who was critical and said, as she looked disdainingly at the mom, you should teach that boy how to pray. The mom tells how that an older gentleman gets up from the table, walks over to the little boy and says, son, that's one of the best prayers I've ever heard. And by the way, Ice cream is good for the soul. Of course, the mom has to order dessert. She has to order ice cream. She not only orders ice cream, she tells in her story how she orders her son this, this Sunday. I can just picture this Sunday and this plopped in front of this little boy. And she said the little boy took the Sunday, got up, walked over to the critical lady, sat in front of her and said, Ice cream is good for the soul. Cool story. I love that story because I see this little boy praying with the end in mind. <laughs> like I'm praying, but I'm praying for the dessert. You know what the dessert is for us? God receiving the glory. For people to say there's no way that could have happened but God. No way. No way. People could not have done that. God has done that. And that's how Paul prays this prayer. If you notice it, it ends this way. God would receive glory in his church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Like Whatever it is, God, you do, do it in such a way that you receive the glory in the church where people look at the church and go, you get the glory. And that goes from one generation to the next generation to the next generation and on and on forever and ever. That's, that's what Beyond's all about. Here, here's what Paul prays. He prays basically this, God, you can do whatever you want and beyond that. You can do abundantly more than we ask. Let me ask you a question. Has God ever done abundantly more than you could have asked for in your life? Yes or no? Do you think he wants to still do abundantly above what you could ask or could think? If you don't think so, let me just keep walking through this and show you that I believe that he does. 
we, we are on this side of the gospel where, um, what I mean by that is we, we, we don't buy into the prosperity of gospel where you do good, God gives you and rewards you. You know, if you just sow a little seed, God's going to blow up that seed. But I think sometimes because we, we, we react to the prosperity gospel, which is really wicked, that we can actually get on the other side, kind of let the pendulum swing way to the other side and forget that our Father wants to bless us. He actually wants to show His glory off. He can do abundantly more than we ask, do abundantly more than we dare to ask, do abundantly more than we could think to ask, do abundantly more than if we could think to ask, we would even dare to ask. I'll give you a good illustration right from this text. This city that this letter is written to is called Ephesus. Acts 19 chronicles the time Paul rolls into Ephesus, begins to preach, and as soon as he preaches, there's opposition. The church is known as the way at that time, W-A-Y. People began preaching and going against the way. Lots of stuff happens. Some of the disciples that are one to Christ in Ephesus are drugged into an arena and they are being tried in this illegal court. Paul wants to go and defend them, but the other disciples hold him back and say, you can't go. I only think they won't let him go because he probably and likely would have been killed. What's going to happen in this city that so opposes the gospel, worships Diana, is full of all types of iniquity and immorality? How can this city ever be one to Christ? God is able to do abundantly above all we could ask or even think. And God transforms a city not through protest or plans, but by the Holy Spirit proclamation of the Word of God. God's able to do abundantly above all we could ask. Well, I believe God can do the same thing for us. From Clay County on, God can transform our community. Disciples can be made, and beyond just part of that vision. I want to show you an eight-minute video. I'm going to come back, and after that video, we're going to give you some material, as I said. I'll walk through that, and then here are the action steps after that. Hibernia, we're a church that loves God, loves people, and we want people to know our Jesus. God loves people more than anything. And that's why we want to constantly tell people about Jesus so they can come to know Him and love Him. I mean, we're here to love Him and tell them. And that's why I'm so excited to share with you our vision uh, through this Beyond initiative that maybe you've already heard some about. It has to do with how we're going to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and let's face it, we live in a, we live in a very difficult day, a, a different day for sure, a, a day in which I believe we need a move of God or God to move us out of here through the rapture. And since He has us here, Let's join him in his move to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are lots of great churches out there, but this is our church, this is our family. These are the people we feel called to worship with. These are people that we love to encourage and we go to battle with, and we see God move in extraordinary ways all over Clay County. Woke up one Sunday morning, running late for First Baptist downtown, so I said, let's go check out Westside. The minister speaking was on the staff of the Florida Baptist Convention, 
and he worked in the church development department. A couple of weeks later, I get a phone call, Dr. Walter Bennett, and I explained in brief what I wanted to talk to him about. And he said, why don't we meet for lunch at Cracker Barrel? I said, I, I think there's a need for a new congregation on Fleming Island. What do you think? He said, I agree. So we met for several months in my house and local restaurants to uh, plan the development of the church, establishment of it. It was in our, actually at a meeting in our house that we came up with the name Hibernia Baptist Church. We have three ways in which we believe God is leading us in the next years uh, to reach other people who don't know Jesus and to disciple the people God has entrusted us with here at Hibernia. The first way is to build. We have modular space, buildings in the back of our property that have served us well. We're grateful for them, but if you've been in them lately, you know something needs to be done. We need to replace those buildings with more efficient space and more space so we can reach more people with the gospel. Next, we want to better our worship experience that takes place on the Lord's Day. We want to better our worship building. And thirdly, we want to go beyond our walls to reach people again who've never heard the truth about Jesus Christ. Let's talk about the building for just a few moments. You know, we have a need to better our children's space. Our children have a wonderful children's area, but it definitely needs to be updated. It needs to be enlarged and it needs to be a place where children can come and experience the great bigness of our God and be on this adventure in seeking after God. You know, our students have never really had a place they could call their own that's permanent. Um, and that's okay, they're, they're resilient, but it's time. It's time to give them good Bible study space and gathering space for Sunday mornings. And then adult space. We want our senior adults to have close access to their Bible study groups so that they'll, they can leave there, go to worship, back to their cars, and it be as convenient as possible for them so they can be involved, be engaged, bring their friends and see many more people discipled and come to Christ. Now, let me talk about bettering Worship Center One. When we moved into Worship Center One around 2011, we thought that would ultimately become a multi-purpose room and that we would build a sanctuary or a worship space. The reality is to build a worship space would cost millions and millions more dollars than we really want to spend. We just don't believe it's good stewardship to do that now, given what we have. But we can take the space we have that we worship in and make it much better, to make it more aesthetically pleasing. Uh, and let me tell you how that's going to look. And, and we don't have all the drawings and all the details yet, but we believe our God is big. He, there's no doubt He's transcendent. He's beyond our imagination. And at the same time, He's come close to us, hasn't He? He came in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. We'd like for our worship building to capture those two ideas. That when you walk in, this space demonstrates the fact we believe our God is big. And also, we want to make it more intimate so that our worship experience is, is definitely that. Our Beyond Initiative is not simply about Hibernia and us right now, but those who are not yet in Hibernia, who've never heard the message of Jesus, and they live around us. We want to go out and reach people, and then also reach people who are moving into North Florida and reach them with the gospel. And the way to do that is to start more churches. Now you might ask yourself the question, do we actually need more churches? But, but the proof is this, and we know this by time and study, new churches are most effective often at reaching people who are far from God, new churches are. And we need more churches. In fact, the churches we have right now can't effectively reach all the people that live in our area or that are moving in our area. 
So how will we do this? Well, we'll start a residency program very soon in which we'll train pastors who are going to go and pastor churches. We'll train music leaders who will go out and lead worship. We're going to develop leaders in student ministry and children's ministry, ushers, and every other important area. And some who will go through the residency program, in fact, many will be right here with us at Hibernia, helping us strengthen our ministry and reaching people that live around us. And some will be sent out to start churches, much like we did recently with the Skarnekias. And even going beyond where we live, far away. We have a Thomas Initiative, maybe you've heard of that. It's where God had led us through fasting and praying to go to a part of the world where people had not heard the gospel. There were no churches and not many Christians, in fact, very few at all. But God has been working in miraculous ways there, raising up people to serve, to reach people, missionaries to go there. And I believe this, God is likely gonna call someone from Hibernia to spend their life on the mission field, reaching people who would have otherwise never heard about Jesus Christ. That might be you. And if it is, we're going to be ready to support you, to send you, and to undergird you while you're there. God is on the move. God is at work. And we want to be at work with Him wherever He leads us. So what part will you play? Some of you are already giving. Would you pray about what God would allow you to be able to give beyond where you are right now? Some of you, frankly, have never learned yet to steward your resources in a way that's honoring to God. And now is the time. Would you go beyond in your faith? Trust God. Be generous in your giving. Ask God to, to lead you in how to give, how to be a part of this, to thank Him in advance for what He's going to give you to give back to Him. We want to glorify God in our community. We want to shine our light brightly. We definitely desire that people in our area see us as God's people who are trusting Him in ways in which point to His goodness and His grace so that they know whatever happens through Hibernia Baptist Church happened because of God. We're going beyond our walls to reach as many people as God will allow us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And by His grace, we're going to give all of our effort to the Great Commission. And that way, people will follow the Great Commandment to love God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. I'm asking you to be a part. We've given you a book that has information in it, maybe some questions that you might have. Of course, over the weeks, we're going to be answering far more. But there's a card, and if I could just draw your attention to this for a moment, then I'm going to, like I said, give you some steps to take after this card. This commitment card explains what we're asking you to pray through. We're not asking you to do anything today other than start praying. I have this, I have a little, like a book holder on my desk, has my Bible, and I have this right behind my Bible so that I can remember to pray about, God, what would you have for less than I and our family. We've been praying, what is, what is our beyond? And that's what I want to ask you, what is, what's your beyond? And so begin praying, and you have over a month to pray through this. Some of you have been praying for a lot longer than that. Um, but November 6th, November 6th, we're going to come together as a church and give our commitments to the Lord. And this is to our ministry budget. And what I mean by that is, we want uh, to increase our budget, which is about $3.8 million right now, to $7 million a year for two years. So for two years, to equate to $14 million. This is not on top of our giving. This is not a special campaign or a special offering. This is what we as a church are going to 
commit to give to. Well, that will enable us to begin our building. So, you know, we're not taking out a mortgage. Um, We're collecting the funds so that we can build this building that we need. It'll be used seven days a week, so many ways for discipleship. When we have about 80% of that money, we can start, but we're not going uh, to take a mortgage, which means we're not taking these commitment cards to a lending partner, a bank, to say, look, we have these commitments, can we take out a loan? This is really for you to pray between you and the Lord about what you and your family will do. It also says my or our, because we know that there are teenagers that will commit, that live in families and children that will do the same. Which leads me to this. It's not a contract. Like you're not filling out a contract. Nobody's going to collect. Nobody's going to call you on this. Um, none of that. This tells everyone in our church that everyone is important and what they do is important. That's the way we want to shepherd. That means if a third grader says, man, over the next two years, I want to give whatever. That's as important as the millionaire who writes whatever check. In fact, one of our, our goals in this is not that we would raise a certain amount of money, but that every covenant member of our church would be a part. Like every member. It's going to take us all. And if we would all give, it will all be done. But it will all be by God's grace and all to His glory. And by the way, that's a win. I didn't share this last service, but I have been talking about it. If someone today said, you need how much money and wrote a check today, that'd be wonderful. We would appreciate that. We'd have a party, we'd celebrate, but then we'd take up another 14 million because we really need about 28. There's more, Paul, there's more than we can do. There's more than we can do. And so it takes a lot of money to do mission and ministry. I want you to be a part of it. And what is your beyond? This is hard. I was, I was thinking about this. Like if I was that sitting in the church right now and I'm hearing this and what is this about how, how would I take the last part of this kind of wrap up so I, I thought for you but I want you if you will just kind of check in again to the text because I want to go to the th- third point about beyond and that is beyond must be about him it must belong to him but thirdly beyond it must belong to all of us Look with me in verse 20 again. Now to him, that's who we're to direct our attention. He's able to do abundantly more than we could ask or could even think. That's his ability. But notice where God's power is working. It's working within us. To see His glory in the church and in Jesus Christ that all generations forever and ever. Amen. This prayer that Paul prays is for the church. Yeah, they had difficult circumstances. But if you were to go back to the beginning of this prayer, I think it would be very important for us to do this. I want you to see what's absent in this prayer. Something missing in this prayer. The Ephesians are going through difficult circumstances. They're losing heart. They live in devilish times and dark days. That's all clear in the book of Ephesians. What's missing in this prayer? Look with me in verse 14. For the love of Christ. Sorry. I'm in the wrong. I'm in the whole wrong book. Verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father 
from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. He is presently working powerfully in every believer. And you do notice this? Paul prays but doesn't bring up one time their circumstances. Not their situation. But strength that comes from the Lord on the inside. The heart. I want you to be strengthened by might in your heart. We are to be empowered on the inside. That's where our strength comes. So when is it that we can ask God and then know that He will do abundantly above what we ask or could even think? When we are strengthened in our heart. Okay? Sounds great. How am I strengthened in my heart? Well, we're very careful around here not to use this language. We don't tell children, ask Jesus in your heart. And here's why. A child doesn't understand. What is the heart? They have had some anatomy, I'm sure, at school. They know the heart beats within them. We're not asking Jesus to come into that organ, that muscle. We, when we give our hearts to Jesus, we're doing what? We're, we're giving our lives, and we understand that children have a hard time wrapping their mind around what, is it, what it is to give their life to Jesus. But adults, we don't. It's not to say children cannot be saved. I'm not saying that. We believe that wholeheartedly. We just use different language. So here's when I'm empowered by the Spirit, verse 17. So that Christ, what's the words? May what? May dwell in your hearts through faith. Jesus dwelling in our hearts here is not about salvation, but about having complete control of our heart. What is our heart? It's us. It's who we really are. It goes beyond our mind and thinking doctrine. It goes to who we really are. Jesus dwelling in our heart then is meaning that Jesus has complete control of us. When is it that we can ask and know God will give above all we ask or could even think? When we're empowered by His Spirit and that happens when our hearts belong to Christ. John MacArthur put it this way. He cannot be fully at home. That is, Jesus cannot be fully at home in our heart until He is allowed to dwell in our hearts through the continuing faith that trusts Him to experience His Lordship. Is He Lord of your heart? Let me put it another way. You're probably hospitable. You've had people over your house, and you say to them, hey, make yourself at home. What you mean by that is, get comfortable, want something to drink, something to eat, help yourself. There's the pantry. You even have people you don't have to tell that to anymore. They come in your house, they go straight to the fridge, to the pantry, no big deal. What you don't mean, though, make yourself at home is this. Hey, make yourself at home. You don't mean that they can go to Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever and get paint and then change your wall colors or your bedding or your landscaping. That's not for them to do. When Jesus is at home in our house, it's not just that we say, hey, make yourself at home, but don't change a lot. What you do say, in other words, is make my heart your home and change everything. It's yours. That's what it means that Jesus is at home in our hearts. Then thirdly, we're rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. Beyond is not a capital campaign. It's a stewardship initiative. It's a stewardship issue because... Stewardship is a heart issue. 
It is for the church. It is for the believer. And that when we're grounded and rooted in His love, we begin to recognize how much it cost Him to save us and to make us His own. Let me finish here. Look at verse 18. That you would have power. It is almost amazing how Paul writes this. That you would have power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth of what? His love. And to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with the fullness of God. It's, you have the love of God. He won't ever love you anymore. But, but I want you to know that love, Paul says. And I want you to know the, that, that love. And then when you finally know it, you'll realize you really don't know it because you can never catch up to it. It surpasses knowledge. The length, I think, has a lot to do with the fact that he went, Jesus, to the extent of the cross to love us and to save us. The cross speaks. And the cross, through excruciating pain, Christ went to save us. How, how many of you as Christians just absolutely begin through your, through your life to, to understand more and more the love of Christ? You thought you knew it when you got saved, but then you start understanding the depth of your sin and your own actions, you begin to say, wow, he, he went to the cross for me, he loves me. And your eyes are open again and afresh to the gospel. And then the depth, the depth of his love, meaning that you can never really escape it. His love is so deep for you, you can never leave it. It's what Hebrews says when the scriptures teach he will never leave you nor forsake you. And He wants to include you in everything that He has. Don't you know you love someone when you want them to be included in your life? You want to share with them? You want to talk to them? You want them to see what you're seeing and do what you're doing? I remember when I got married thinking, well, I have someone to share my life with. Everything that I have is hers, and everything that's Leslie is mine. And that's been our life. But to think that God would have done that for us. That's what Ephesians 1 is about. You want to be enriched this week? Read Ephesians 1. God who wants to share with us everything that He shared with Jesus Christ. He wants to give us everything that He's given His Son, Jesus Christ. He wants us to share in that glory. That's love. That's the depth of his love. So when is it that I could ask and know that I'm asking God's going to do abundantly above all I could ask or could even think? When my heart is his, and why wouldn't it be? There's nobody who's loved me and loves me like Jesus. So that this beyond is about his glory from one generation to the next, from time and eternity, for now and for then. And so that at the end of our lives, we don't have to say, well, you know, I could have, should have, would have. But instead, we could say, thank God that I submitted to Him. My heart was His. All that I have, He owns. And therefore, all to the glory of God. I want you to think about what your beyond is. And will you pray and listen to the Holy Spirit as He leads you to do what will outlive you in this life and outlast you? throughout all eternity. We're going to have response time. 
I'm going to lead us in that response time. Before we go to respond to today's message, let me lead us in a word of prayer. Father, thank you that you loved us with this everlasting love that can never be it can never be lost by any of your children and certainly can never be made better because you love us perfectly. We can't do anything to earn your love or make you love us more. You love us in such a way that even though when we understand more, we never fully comprehend. We thank you. God, I pray that that love would motivate our hearts and constrain us in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.